This is Lucas from City of Brass, and you're listening to Redemption, part of the RPG Academy Network. This is Redemption, an actual play podcast set in the Star Wars role-playing game system, with Chris Burlew as the GM and also the droid R3A1. That's that's awkward, and trust me, I know awkward. Emily Morgan as the mysterious Duros Isla Zarla. Oh, that's sweet. Hey, one as Tinker Buddies. Kendall Jung as the Twi'lek Jedi Knight Karel. If you guys are actually here, I'll tell you about it when I wake up. And Michael Waldschlager II as the Duros pilot Tazi. Hey, you want to just dump chips on me? Episode 404, Going All In. With some Jedi business, Gungan opera, and super sweet desserts occupying the rest of the crew's time, R3A1 has found himself on his own looking for a casino. Unfortunately, the high rollers don't much like a droid gambler. So where can an R3 unit go to find himself an enjoyable evening of cards? The camera pans over as we see A1 being escorted out of another casino. And he just looks back as he's leaving and just says, oh, <laughs> third one tonight. Hey, yous, don't come back now. We see him as he rolls over to a computer terminal and he plugs in and pulls up a map, of course, and scrolls around till he finds a casino that looks like it's not quite as high-end as the ones he's been trying, and he kicks on his jets and heads to that casino. It's a casino that's a few levels down from where you guys are, and he goes in and it's more of a old kind of run-down building that's been converted to a little casino, and he rolls in and kind of looks around, and it's a dark kind of setup where there's smoke that kind of hangs in the air just above the ceiling. And you look around, and it's a seedier little casino. And he rolls up to the sabak table. Who's sitting at the sabak table with him? To A1's right, there is a very, very tall Cathar. His fur is a little bit scraggly. He almost looks a little mangy, but he's very muscular, and he's at least as tall as Tazi is, but just bulked out, like, like almost a bodybuilder. But he doesn't look like he takes care of anything. And his eyes are kind of glassy, like he's either on something or really, really drunk. Okay. I think on his other side is a more scraggly-looking Kushiban with an eye patch smoking a death stick. What does a Kushiban look like? I just remember them being adorable little fluffy creatures that don't normally use tools. So this one looks like probably a bad seed Kushiban. Okay. Yeah, so there's a big chunk taken out of one ear. All right. Who is sitting straight across from him? Uh, straight across is a dark-skinned chiss, almost like a midnight or like a, a ebony blue, bright red eyes, dressed in what appears to be at a distance finery, but as you get close, you can see that it's it's seen better days. It, it's someone who's obviously still trying to present as if they are wealthy and fine, even though the clothing they do not they no longer show those signs of a finery okay and anyone just kind of rolls up looks at the people at the table so uh how's everybody doing this evening <clears throat> the cather just kind of grunts a little bit we're here to gamble not to talk we kicked the last mouthy droid out so you better watch yourself <laughs> uh, okay we'll do who has the most chips in front of them not the chiss. I think it's going to be you, Emily. 
Oh yeah, the Kushiban. Kushiban. Definitely the Kushiban. Anyone just looks over at the uh, Kushiban. So, uh, looks like you're uh, cleaning house. I'm the one to beat, droid. She's had quite the (coughs) Are we gonna play Sabacc? Or are we gonna chit-chat? Will you please get rid of that? Or at least blow it somewhere else. I'm okay with it. You would be. And the Kushiban will grind the death stick out. On the table? Somewhere where it won't light anything on fire or melt anything? Okay. Hello, new player. Would you like to ante? Uh, yes. A1 reaches one of his little hands up and throws some chips on the table. Would everyone please ante up? The chist looks at his, like, small pile of chips and throws one into the pile. The Kushiban pushes way too many chips into the middle. Not that much. Pull some of that back. Yeah, you. You can't raise yet. We have to get the cards first. Then you can raise. Don't tell me how to sabak, droid. Alright, we'll just roll three green each to kind of get a feel of how our starting hand is. Two. I got three. So after the first few cards are dealt out, A1 just... Uh, I concede this hand to you guys. Wise idea, droid. And the hand goes to the Kushiban. <laughs> just throws his cards on the table. Cathar's just kind of glaring at the dealing droid. Oh, next hand, gentlemen. Please ante up. Anyone puts a few more credits out there. Cathar anties up. Just slides another ante in. Alright. We'll just see our starting hands again. Shibun too. No successes. Three. 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 So the Kushiban put way too much money in up front and throws a bad hand and loses almost everything. Anyone just looks at the two remaining. Well, <laughs> it looks like it's just us. Looks like we have a- Kushiban turns bright red and walks out. Looks like we have a shift coming up. Cathar puts one of his cards in the disruptor field. The uh, chist slides two into the field. I'll, uh, I'll stay with what I have. And we'll roll to see how our next hands go. The Cathar pushes like, I'm all in. I, I, I see that. Bat droid if you want to play. It's too rich for me. And the Chiss <laughs> throws his all of his cards down. And, and A1 just looks at the Cathar. I'll concede this hand to you as well. I didn't think you had enough credits there. The knight is young. Let's see. All right. Mix in his credits. A1 puts his credits up there. I think it's time for me to leave. And the Chiss collects his credits and nods at the Cathar, glares at A1, and throws a credit on the table for the dealer droid and walks away. A little A1-esque hand will come out of the of the table and just take the chip and drag it down. Alright. Thank you very much. Mm. Please enjoy a complimentary appetizer. The chiss is already out of earshot. Like, we moved into the crowd, the, the noise of the casino. Looking for new players. Is this seat taken? Welcome, new player. Approaching the table is a relatively medium height, medium build, pink skinned creature uh, wearing what appears to be an, uh, a large cloak or 
almost an overcoat, but it's very much a cloak made of lots of different furs. It looks very intricate and exotic. He simply takes the cloak and like throws it off his shoulders. And behind him, a small droid grabs the cloak and folds it quickly and, and holds it in its arms like it's a baby. And this pink skin character sits down. He's wearing basically a shirt. He's shirtless with a vest on. He's got uh, some small, very bright, flush pink skin with like small spots running in sequences down the arms and uh, kind of down the neck a little. And he puts a stack of chips on the table. How's it been tonight, fellas? Don't try any of your smelly tricks. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even think of it. Why? I can't believe you'd even think I would do that. You don't know me, sir. Droid, can you turn on the air circulator? A one pops a little hand up and he starts waving it. And then he looks at the gather. Uh, is that better? Air circulator starting. Hello, big spender. <laughs> Hello to you. Auntie up. Gather pushes an auntie in. A one puts his credits up there again. What are we playing, gentlemen? Uh, Sabak. Standard Sabak rules. Oh, great! This will be this will be so much fun. Yes, the if you would like, I could explain the rules to you. No, in no, no, no! Don't bother. It's fine. I'm very familiar with the game. I, I'm not. I'm trying to learn. Uh, the Zeltron takes a few chips off the top of the stack and anties it. Right. Oh, <laughs> so uh, hmm, very good, very good. Anyone just thinks so? <laughs> I've got you all this time again. <laughs> you gonna exit, droid? And he pushes all his chips in. We have a full call. Will anyone rise to the challenge? <laughs> I think I might be the one for this. Take that, you big hairy beast. The Zeltron pushes his stack of chips in. Everyone looks at the Cathar and looks at the Zeltron. That, that, that's it. Then he pops his dome open and just dumps a bunch of chips on the table. The challenge has been met. Now it's time for the shift. <laughs> it appears that the droid wins. <laughs> it's... Simply credits. It's fine. Don't get upset. He's Don't obviously get upset. cheating. He's not cheating. He's fine. Don't get upset. And the cathard like slams his chair behind him and just he stalks out of the bar. Anyone looks over at the Zeltron. Uh, by my calculations, you're short. <laughs> There's always more money to be had. And the Zeltron turns down to his droid, who then produces another stack and lifts it up to him, and he takes the stack and puts it on the table. Is this a private two-way sabak, gentlemen? Certainly. Why not? Sure. Time progresses, and the night drags on, and the Zeltron continues to have to produce stacks of chips from his droid. At some point, late in the evening, early in the day, you don't like you know because you have an internal chronometer, but uh, it's dark in the casino, and you know, time passes. And after multiple hands and multiple stacks of chips have left the Zeltron. He simply turns to you and says, Why are you here? To make money? Why are you here? Well, this is my casino, but what are you going to do with the money? Uh, buy supplies for the ship and... For what ship? Uh, anyway, it's uh, called the Keebler Wave. Hmm. Why? 
Well, we see a lot of droids in this establishment. But most of them are here gambling for others, not themselves. Yeah. Well, I'm different. No, oh, clearly. Clearly. A ship? Is it your ship? Nope. Whose? Uh, his name is Kazi. Kazi. The name sounds familiar. There Kazi. was a Kazi gambling with us last night, Big Spender. Uh, how'd he do? You'll have to ask her. I, I didn't pay attention. There's so many people coming in and out of here. He lost 1,286 credits. Apparently he lost some money. Yeah, he's not very good. Your droid makes me uncomfortable. Why would you say that? Because she keeps blinking one eye at me. Oh, well, they've all been programmed to be, well, affectionate toward my clientele. The droid reaches out one arm towards the Zeltron and, like, touches his arm and, like, rubs it suggestively. As you can see. That's, that's awkward, and trust me, I know awkward. Uh, but it's a droid. You're a droid. Why would that be awkward to you? You don't find that alluring? No. I, I don't have the same biological impulses as uh, others have. Hmm. So you cannot appreciate beauty? I can. But Do you not find her beautiful? Um, I mean, I could make her deal faster and, you know, talk a little less and be more efficient with making you money. So I see possibilities. Ah, see, you're removing all the customer service aspects that we find useful here. If she was simply more efficient, the table wouldn't be the same. Anyone's dome kind of looks around. Maybe you should focus on the decor. Well, it has to be dark in here. If there was too much light, people would leave. Why? If there was too much light, people would know whether it was day or night. Again, she is correct. I am programmed to say anytime anyone asks me what time it is to say, it's sabak time. Indeed. Well, that makes sense. Well, the Keebler wave. As an, let's say, entrepreneur, I have a lot of things boiling in the background that I could possibly need a ship for. Would your ship be available? What kind of things? I have some sensitive financial materials I need to send to another place. And I need... Definitely not interspecies erotica. And he looks at the droid and looks back at A1. Sensitive financial materials that need to be transported somewhere else. And I'm a little short on ships and crew that can do that. A1 just looks at him. Uh, how soon do you need this done? Let's say that I'm under quite... A tight deadline. So, hmm, within the next few cycles. I can ask the captain and see what he says. If you would, that would be fantastic. Well, I think I've lost enough for the evening. What, Droid, what time is it? It's Sabak time, Spender. <sighs> I think I've lost enough. I'm going to say goodbye, but if you don't mind, here's take my chip. And he gives you a chip that actually has his picture on it. Okay. And on the back side of the chip, it's got a hollow code. Okay. That chip is also good for some free entertainment here at the casino, so please be careful with it. Ah, okay. I will. And before I leave, what is your designation, Droid? R3-D7. D7. Hmm. Understood. Thank you very much, R3-D7. Enjoy your winnings. 
and uh, and have a pleasant day on Coruscant. Uh, you too, sir. And the the small droid behind him, his legs telescope up to the Zeltron's height, and then the droid unfolds the cloak and puts the cloak back over the shoulders of the Zeltron. He adjusts his shoulders a bit, smiles at you, and then turns to walk away. Goodbye, big spender. And the Zeltron's hand kind of goes up and it waves in a very non-distinct fashion. A1 just watches him leave. The table is closing, R3-D7. Would you like to come back to my charging station? Is it near a big spender's room? I am not programmed to give out that kind of information. Sure. So this protocol droid has, instead of the normal waist, definitely has one of those, like, ball socket waists. So that her walk is way too wobbly to be the, actual. The, the hips sway at such an angle that is almost unnatural. Yes, it is a comically exaggerated hip sway. So we see A1 following the dealer droid to her room. And he rolls up next to her and he pops his hand out and he puts it on her lower back. And just kind of follows her down the hallway. She leads him into a small little room. A1, being the great mechanic he is, knows exactly where her power switch is. Flips the power switch. We see her power down. A1 then rolls over to her charging station and accesses the computer system in the casino. And he got two successes flat out. He now knows where Big Spender's room is. He's looking through the camera into big spender's room and what does he see after a period of just non-activity in the room uh the lights flip on and the door opens and the zeltron's arm comes into frame on the camera and it's it's flipping wide and you can see that furred cape just kind of spread out into the room and then three other beings walk in uh it looks to be like uh, an aqualish uh it looks like there is a mon calamari and then uh the following those two, a Doug come into the room, and they all kind of take up positions on couches and chairs, and the Doug sits on the floor, and there's some period of time where the Zeltron appears to be telling them stories. He's passing out drinks. Uh, they're all having a good time, and then th- odd things start to happen that A1 is unfamiliar with, and uh, he cuts the feed briefly. Some time passes and he cuts the feedback on and the main living chamber appears to be empty. There's a light on in the bed chamber and the whatever the beings were wearing seems to be strewn about the room. And as you're watching that feed, the light in that bedroom then dims and turns out and okay. it appears to be silent and dark. All right. A1 seeing that everybody's asleep. Appears to be. A1 rolls down in the room. We see him enter the room and then the camera goes... And cuts away, and we cut back over to the Jedi Temple, and it's morning. The door opens up, and we see A1 come rolling into the room, wearing this nice new cloak dragon behind him, and there's a little droid behind him that's got a hold of the end of the cloak, so it's just hovering over the floor, and A1 strolls over to the bed where he assumed Tazi would be and finds that it's empty, and then looks around and strolls over to bed where he thinks Isla should be. And what does he see when he gets there? A1 sees Isla and Tazi still fully clothed from the opera the night before with a takeout box of the what the 
viewers at least know is the Gungan dessert delicacy known for causing sugar comas. There's a takeout box between them, and it's fairly empty, and they both seem to be passed out in a sugar coma. Isla's dress is still shimmering up and down, changing from white to purple, and A1 just kind of stands there for a minute trying to figure out what's going on. A1 actually rolls right up to the side of the bed and then has the small droid. He looks back and the small droid puts the cloak down and walks over and actually picks A1 up and tips A1 forward and A1 dumps all the credits he won all over the bed on Tazi. Good good morning. What? What? Tazi? Is a one? What? What's a one? What's going on? A one? A one is right. A one just dumped chips on me. Uh. Isla will grab for a blanket or a pillow and like clutch it to her, and then realize she's completely no, dressed. You're, 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 oh, we we wait. must we felt we must have fell asleep. Wow, uh, that Gungan dessert. Oh man, that does not mess around. Oh my god. I won. Oh my god! You, you you did you wow you did win. Um, good job. And we didn't get a call on the comm, so I assume you're not. What is? What are you wearing? What oh. is? What's that? Hello, little, little fellow. There's a new guy? droid with a one. What's 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 he? What's his story? Oh, uh, he decided to come home with me last night. He came home with you la- last night. Well, technically this morning. Is is there something you need to tell us? I may is, have liberated another droid. Is this more like a small animal following you home, or more like you found a friend who's running away from home? Wait, is, are you guys a couple now? I, I was going to ask you that. I mean, you're, I mean, oh, well, I mean, we. Um, I guess technically we slept together, but uh, <laughs> uh, technically next to each other. Well, I mean, we in, in the same bed, so we're together. I think um, we need. I think we need to have a talk later. I think we do. Okay, glad we're on the same boat. Because I mean, this is yes. Um, okay, I'm um I'm gonna go change. But we like you the way you are. Oh, that's 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 nice. A one. What's uh, what's that one's name? He doesn't like the name he had, so we agreed he's just gonna be called D seven. Oh, uh, okay. D D seven. Good good to meet you. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of this uh out of this suit and uh, get changed too. Um. If you could, I guess, meet us out in the hallway. We're, we're still kind of waiting for Corel, I think. So, what time is it? That's right, D7. It's Sabak time. And we see Corel walking down the hallway towards the room where she last knew the rest of the crew was at. And Corel's actually looking. She's both happy and completely exhausted from everything that's been going on. It, she just wants to find her bed at this point. Okay. As you're walking down the hallway, you happen to see A1 come out of the room, and you see A1, he's got this new hat on and this new cloak. Oh, hey, A1. Uh, A1? Yeah. You're wearing a hat? Yep. And and the cloak? Yep. I want him. Who, who's the droid? I freed him. Oh. Oh. Uh, nice to meet you, D7. Uh, are Tazi and Isla in the room? Yep. Okay, um, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll talk to you later. Okay, I'm going back to the ship. Okay. And nice to meet you too. 
Carl walks past him tiredly kind of and reaches up to trigger the door, stops and turns, looks at A1 walking away, shakes her head, and then just goes into the room. As uh, as Corel enters the room, you can hear from beyond the door, you can hear this this clanging of what sounds like metal, almost like metal falling. And when you come in, uh, you can see Tazi on, standing on the edge of the bed, like with his arm, like just pulling off like these, what look like, like small discs or chips uh, into like what looks to be a pillowcase. He's just kind of pulling them off the bed in handfuls. Upon closer inspection, they a lot of them appear to be covered in some kind of chocolate and whipped cream. And do you think we should clean those before we do anything with them? I did, I, well, I figured we it's easier to you know we can put the whole pillowcase in the fresher and clean them off all at once before we yeah we can't clean them off while they're on the bed. We got to get them well, off. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess we better throw out the rest of this dessert. It's been, I mean, no, we don't know where can't these, be good. these coins have been. And it can't. It, it's been sitting there all night. It can't be good. Um, hi. Oh, 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 hey, hey, Carl. Carl walks into the room. She's giving you this look, like she's not. She thinks she's actually kind of hallucinating, uh, and she's not quite sure if you're real or not. She just walks over to where her belongings are, puts her comma. Isla and Tazi are still in their finery. Finery from the opera. Carol gives you both a double take and then walks over to the bed she's been assigned that hasn't even been slept in. And she takes what you can see is her lightsaber off her belt and puts it kind of on the bed next to the pillow. And she just falls into the bed with a flump. Are you all right, Carol? You look like you've seen a. a you look like you've seen a force ghost. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, uh, long story, um, if you guys are actually here, I'll tell you about it when I wake up, um, cause I'm, and she kind of reaches over and leans off the bed and there's a, well, one of the credit coins is rolling, rolled over to her bed and she just reaches up and flicks it at Tazi and it hits him and bounces off. She's like, okay, you must, maybe you are here. Wait, I don't know. I'm confused. I'll, I'll talk to you guys. I just need a quick nap. An hour. Tazi puts the pillowcase full of credits on the the bed and walks over toward where Corel is laying down and grabs the, the, the bedding from the end of the bed and kind of just pulls it up over her a little bit, lightly, I guess lightly tucking her in to an extent, and then comes back to the bed to try and finish cleaning up as quietly as he can. We should just go and let her sleep. Yeah, well, we can leave this for later. This isn't going anywhere. Yeah, it's not like there's going to be thieves in the Jedi Temple or anything. Let's maybe go get some food. Like real food, not this dessert thing. Let's just leave that there and, and go. Yeah, I just... I'm going to change. Oh, you, you look fine. <laughs> Are we really going to go to some Greasy Spoon Diner dressed like well, we're we going can, to the we opera? Can, we can just go to the, the temple cafeteria. There's food downstairs. We don't have to go anywhere else. And they don't care. You look better than pretty much everybody here. Well, thank you, Tazi. You're welcome. Right, let's let's go. Okay, let's let's go. And they like as quietly as they can make their way out of the room. Okay. You guys go down to the Jedi Temple cafeteria, and you guys have a meal. I don't want to say it's a nice meal because I don't think the Jedi are all obsessed with fine cuisine. It certainly provides the nutrients a growing Padawan needs. All right. The camera cuts away from you guys eating, and Awan. He grabs D7 and walks him onto the ship, and 
as he gets on the ship, he he looks over at D7 and says, I'll have to introduce you to the rest of the crew. Yep. And he rolls to the back, and you see Zeke there. Hey! Hi! Hi! I'm Zeke. Oh, you're now part of the crew? That's great. A1 looks over. Yeah, I liberated him last night. Awesome. Well, I'll find something for you to do. Oh, well, I mean, we all have to do something on the ship. And he tugs on A1's cape. A1 just kind of looks over at him. You don't have to do that unless you want to. A1 just looks at him and says, uh, you can be in charge of the new cloak. Alright. Uh, for now, I'll, we'll hang it up and do other stuff on the ship. Guess I should introduce you to 11D4 now. And he leads him back to the pseudo medical bay. 11D4 turns around. I see you have returned, A1. Uh, yeah, this is now D7. He's going to be helping out around the ship. D4 just kind of looks at him. Glad to have you on board. And they kind of nod at each other. And then A1 rolls into his little workshop and he opens up a little cabinet that's there. And he looks over at D7. Uh, for now, we can hang the cloak up in there. And it cuts over to A1 sitting in the cockpit as he's going through just general maintenance and computer stuff. And the comm goes off. A1 looks down and hits the button and answers it, and it's Darla. Uh, hello. Hello, A1. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing okay. Is there something I can help you with? Well, I just wanted to call and give you guys an update on Essek. Um, how's he doing? Well, Essek, Verita, and a few others went on a little mission, and they seem to have broken the Dathomirian Witch's hold on his mind completely, and he seems to be getting better. Oh, that, that's, that's really good. Yes, he is requesting Ensign and the rest of you to come visit. It seems that he can communicate better, and he would like to talk to Tazi. Um, okay. I'll let the captain know, but uh, it might be a little while. We have a mission we have to go do. Oh, really? And that mission is important? Well, yeah. We have to go find uh, a couple Twi'leks, Ilar and Reese. They're the keys to uh, helping us capture the droid army and putting it in our control. Recent Alar? Twi'leks? Is one of them a green Twi'lek with half a Leku who is a little larger than normal Twi'leks? Uh, yeah. How do you know that? Well, because they're here on Tula. A1 kind of looks over to the side. Well, that, that's convenient. I'll let the captain know. Is there anything else I should let him know? Um, please let him know that currently Essek is going through music therapy and seems that he can communicate and understand communication best through music. So if you guys could perhaps keep that in mind when you're here, and when you get here, make sure you introduce yourselves to everybody. Uh, I'll let them know, and we'll try to leave right away. Oh, well, thank you. We'll be looking forward to seeing you. Goodbye. A1 reaches over and hits the comm button to call Tazi. Yeah, what's going on, buddy? Um, I found them. Re Reese and Alar, I found them. You, you found them? Well, that, that's great. Where, where are they? They're on Tula. Are you kidding me? No. What are they doing on Tula? I didn't ask that question. Who told you they were there? The, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, Darla called. Your dad's doing better. He wants to oh. see you. Oh, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. 
to see me? Yeah. Isn't he asked to see me? Yes. Well, that's what Darla said. Okay, that's uh. I, I didn't. Want to, I didn't want to interrupt because I thought maybe you and Isla may be more alone time. We're we're fine, buddy. I mean, I mean you I already you, you already interrupted that, so we're we're good. I thought maybe you know. No, no, we're we're fine. We were just sleeping. I mean, yeah. we were we were wiped out. We ate that dessert, and it, you know, we talked for a while, and then we just fell asleep. Okay, we'll we'll talk more later on that. Yeah. So, are you here at the ship, right? Yeah. All right, we'll finish up down here in the cafeteria, and we'll we'll come. We'll meet you there. Corral's getting some rest. She seemed pretty tired when she came in, so. Yeah, I saw her. She looked wore out. Yeah, she was. She looked beat. So, um, what the uh, Jedi make her do? I have no, no idea. She just basically came in, acted like we were hallucinations, and laid down. Is she okay? I mean, yeah, she's just tired. Are hallucinations? No, don't stop. No, finish your food, please. Oh. I'm, I'm plenty of fun. I'm a fun person. Anyway, we'll we'll meet you at the ship as soon as we finish food. Okay. Do you want to tell Corral or should I call her? We'll meet you, and then we'll wake her up after. Give her a little bit more time to rest. Okay. All right. I'll get the ship ready. All right. How far is Tula, Tazi? Tula's, um, it's a bit of a hike from here. It's going to take some time in the ship. Well, then she can sleep on the Fang. Well, I mean, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that we may as well let her rest a little bit while we're still here. The Fang is not nearly as comfortable as the beds here. All right. Let's go see what A1's up to. No, I'm, I'm not Are- done eating yet. I'm, I barely touched this. Tazi, are you worried about how many droids A1 is attracting? I, it's a, yes, it's a point of concern. I'll put it that way. Um, he's literally become a magnet for droids with issues. And he's supposedly the one with the key to the droid army? Well, I think what my, my, my take on that is that like, he's got some programming that could help like defeat the droid army or reprogram them, but he can't do what he needs a slicer to help him get in, which is why we're going after the Twi'leks. But I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's doing anything like he's, well, I guess he did rebuild the medical droid. You don't think he's gathering his own little droid army I to do. If, I, if, I guess if anything, I would call it, maybe he's a little droid entourage. Um, maybe he's, maybe these droids are like his little peer group, right? I mean, all he has is us, and we're not droids. So maybe they understand things that he's going through more than we do. Or maybe he just likes to tinker, and these guys are his tinker buddies. Maybe they tinker with each other. Oh, that's sweet. They want us tinker buddies. I didn't realize that's what they called I, it for droids. No, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think I just said that. I don't think that's what it's called. I mean, All right, I'll file that away in my memory bank. Yeah, if you just, I mean, you can hold on to that if you want. It's I mean, hard just, to learn the proper names for all of these yeah, different things. That, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't I, want to I, insult anybody by using the wrong terms, and sometimes it's just really confusing with uh, with everything. No, no, I, I, you're right. I just, I don't know that, hold off on the Tinker Buddy thing. I don't know if that's, that's not really a term. I think I just, that just made sense in the moment, but that may be offensive. I don't know. Just let's just, let's just keep that one between us. Oh, well, I was about to say we could we could ask. I mean, we can. We Although can. it seems when I ask what things mean, sometimes people get upset or tell me I shouldn't be thinking about those things. Well, what do you mean? Back at Noodles, 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 I asked Noodles three the times. Deer. Noodles three times, right. I, I don't know how much you remember about that night. Um, I remember that guy with the ship. He was, he was not pleasant. Kazi. Let's just not say that name again. Oh, sorry. Let's just leave that one to the history books. Hmm? Right, because it'll never come up again. We'll never see him again. Oh, I don't think so. I think you put the, the fear of Isla into him. 
Which wasn't the part of Isla he wanted in him, but... In him? Wait. Wait. I don't think that sounds right. I don't think that's how that works. I'm not sure, though. I'm not sure how things... I mean, if he's a... You know what? That No, sorry. Let's let's just... Um, Well, we're we're going to skip right past that. Adir, yes, Adir. So, I asked Adir, what was the name for a Sith Padawan? Because I thought there must be a shorter way to say that, and surely they have their own names, and... She said that they were called acolytes, and then she said, "Why do you care?" And I said, "Well, I was just curious about what Titus might have been." And she said, "You shouldn't worry about that, because as I said before, some paths have snipers on them, and that way has snipers." I think I lost you. Which which way has snipers? Which way are we going? Well, because there was the metaphor of Corel going the wrong way, and sometimes you make the judgment not to go different ways because there are snipers getting ready to shoot you, so you don't go that way, so you don't get shot. So there's snipers somewhere. Well, there's snipers on the way to the ship? Metaphorically. So there's no real snipers. There's no, yeah, there's no real snipers. It's um, just, okay, no, it's not a metaphor. It's a tactical exercise. What? What's a tactical exercise? Trying to figure out which direction you should go in life. Well, uh, okay, I, I guess yeah, I guess that's true. And and so I, I said, well, you wouldn't go down a path where you knew there were snipers. And then she said that if I, I wanted there to snipers, figure out though. more stuff about the Sith, that was essentially a path full of snipers. The Sith are snipers. Yes. I, I feel like I'm missing something here. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm there's a part of this conversation that I either didn't hear or I'm not understanding. Um, Adir told me not to try and find out more about the Sith because it could be dangerous. Oh, yeah. Well, dead. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That sounds like that's a lot more dangerous. So I, I just don't know if I'm going to ask people anymore what things mean because they just seem no, well, to. You should ask what things mean because, I mean, if you don't know what they mean, not knowing can be more dangerous than the strange explanations people come up with, I'm, which I'm, may or may not include snipers. So then what are these? Moist muffins that your mother's known for. Is that code for something? I certainly hope not. Uh, my mother is a very good baker. She actually won a, a competition when I was a kid, and she got known for her pastries and baked goods and those types of things. She runs it as a business. Oh, okay. Her, her, I assumed her, they were... Well, I just assumed it was something else. Lots of people do after they meet my mother, but yeah, I'm fairly sure that... yeah. In 95 to 97% of those cases, it literally is the bait goods. What about the other 3 to 5%? We don't think about those things. So, all right, we can go see A1. He said something about your father? Yeah, I'm just going to grab this little You haven't talked much brownie, about your father. This, this baked thing. I'm going to just put that in my pocket. We can, we can go. That's fine. Okay. We probably head right to the ship again with the intention of letting Corel sleep for a little bit before we call her back. Okay. You know, Tazi, you don't have to sleep in the pilot's chair all the time. No, I know. It's just, it's really a force of habit. Um, um, I mean, I've, Tazi, I've had that cabin back there for a long time. I just never use it because I'm usually, yeah. you know, I, this is where Tazi, I fall asleep. Yeah. The door is open. Whenever you want to come through, okay. the door is open. I think I, I think I see where you're, uh, you're, I see the coordinates you're putting out there. And uh, I think I understand. I will definitely be setting a heading for those coordinates in the near future. How thick are these walls? I'm just curious, actually. Between they're uh, pretty thin. Like there's my not, cabin and Corel's cabin. There's, okay. there's not a lot of there's uh yeah not a ton of privacy on this ship, unfortunately. Hmm. 
Are you guys on the ship or having this conversation? Conversation on the way to the ship. It's a walk and talk. You guys get to the ship, and as soon as you walk on the ship, A1's right there. Uh, All right, where's where's Corral? Still wearing his hat, his cloak. Um, uh, Buddy, why why don't you make those your going out clothes? How about that? Why don't you wear that stuff when we're leaving the ship if you want to make an impression on people, but... On the ship, maybe you should put stow the the cloak and the hat for for right now. Everyone just looks at you. So, uh, is that your new pilot outfit then? Well, these are my going out clothes. My clothes are on the ship, so I'm gonna change when I get in the ship and put my pilot's clothes on. Okay. Where, where's Corral? She's still getting some rest. How long are we gonna wait? Like we know that they're there. We can we can go get them and then end the war. Like, let's go. Well, hold on. Hold hold on. Okay, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So hold on. Right. So you talked to Darla. Darla said that the Twi'leks are there. Did you ask her about the Twi'leks? How did that come up? Well, she said Essek wants to talk to you. I told her, well, we have a mission to find Reese and Alar. And she said, oh, you mean a Twi'lek green, one half Leku, a little bigger than most Twi'leks? I said, yeah. She said, they're here. Okay. Um, do you know why they're there? I didn't ask. And she said my dad's doing better. Like, what happened? What changed? Uh, something about they broke the final hold uh the death Marian witches had on him. Who broke the hold? Uh Essek, your mom, and some other people. I didn't ask. Okay. Um but she said something about he w- likes music and we're supposed to introduce ourselves when we get there. I don't know. Intr- in- Dad knows who we are. Why would we introduce ourselves? I'll I'll take care of that part. Don't worry uh, about it. Nope. <laughs> Let's All right. Um uh let me see if I can raise... I'll, I'll try and raise Corral on the comm. If I can't, I'll go get her. A1 just looks at you. All right. So you get Corral, and we both change into other outfits. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you you take that stuff off, and I'll put on my my regular flight suit, and we'll be fine. We'll be good. I just It's really nice. I just don't want you to get it dinged up and dirtied around the ship. Okay. A1 leaves, heads towards the back, continues getting the ship ready. Tazu tries to raise Corral on the comms. Is this going to change? With the door closed. Hey, Tazzy. Is it time to get out? Yeah, it's 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 time, Grill. We're gonna, we're actually getting ready to leave. We have a we have a lead on the Twi'leks we need for the droid army operation. Uh, I'm going to talk to Mr. Thal and uh, I'm going to talk to you're not in the room. No, no, we're we're at the ship. Okay, I'll, just meet us at the ship when you can. I uh, yeah, I'll be there soon. All right. Corral. Stand oh. up. Uh, fine. You go four days without sleep and see how tired you are. And then Tazi goes to change. All right. Uh, camera goes over to Corral. And she's blearily getting getting out of bed and just like, okay. I gotta go see Mr. Thal. She puts her stuff on, gets her lightsaber, clicks it back to her belt. And stumbles out of the room, or and as soon as she hits the hall, she kind of straightens up and heads down the hall to go see Master Thal. Okay, uh, you find Master Thal in his normal room. Master Thal, do you have a moment? Uh, so Master Thal turns around as Corral walks in. Yes, Corral, how may I help you? Uh, Master Thal, good. Uh, just wanted to let you know we're leaving. Um, we've received information on the whereabouts of those slicers we mentioned. And uh, apparently we're leaving right away. I just wanted to see if uh, you had any other orders before I left. And she's, you can tell Corel's still, like, almost barely awake, but she's trying to hide it. No, 
I believe this is the best course of action for you now. All right. Uh, I will report in as soon as we found them and we'll, we'll bring them back. Before you leave. Uh, yes, sir. I have something for you. Oh. And he reaches down into a desk and opens a drawer and he hands you a small box. It's probably six inches long, a couple inches wide. Your former master gave this to me and hoped that someday you would achieve the rank of knight. Curl kind of takes it and her hands are shaking because she thinks she knows what it is. And <clears throat> when she opens the box, it's actually the the quote-unquote Padawan braid that Twi'lax and Togruta wear made out of silk beads and that she had left behind when she left the Order originally. And her eyes get a little wide and actually she tears up just a little bit. One tear falls. Thank you. Um, thank you. <clears throat> I really appreciate you do keeping this all these years. And Thal walks over and stands right in front of Crow and just says, She never gave up on you. You should never give up on yourself again. And she's looking down at the beads and then looks up at Master Thal and just nods. And she's just crying quietly. I will remember that. Thank you again. As the door opens, and just as Corel's about to step out, Thal just says, May the Force be with you, Jedi Knight. May the Force be with you, sir. She walks out and heads towards the ship. And we cut over to everybody back on the ship. Corel walks up the gangplank and like hits the button at the top to close it behind her. And It's time as he comes down the hall from the cockpit. Hey, why don't you uh, lay down and take a rest? A1 can, can man the engineering for you while we uh, get going. Um, I'll just, let me put, let me put my stuff away and I, I, I'll check it real quick and then I can take, I, I got sleep. I'm okay. He, he, you know, no, he's already done most of the pre-flight checks. Just, just go ahead and get some rest. You look, you still look exhausted and we, we're probably going to need you at peak for whatever we're doing. So <laughs> we've got two weeks and then, well, well, then start getting the rest now as your captain. I order you to get some rest. Well, all right. And, uh, Tazi. Yeah. Carol kind of looks to the left. Doesn't see anybody. Looks to the right. Doesn't see anybody. And she takes a step forward and just hugs Tazi really quick. I'm uh, glad you're still alive. Stay that way. Uh, hey, uh, Tazi freezes for a second and then returns the hug briefly. And Carol just smiles up at him and then heads to her room. Wait, wait, stay alive. So Isla's coming out of her room as well and she sees Corel. Uh, Isla, I I hi. hi. Um I'm just going to my room. Um yeah. Uh and he, she's like squeezing by and the hall's big enough for the two of you to walk up to to abreast, but she's like squeezing by to the far <laughs> side of the hallway and just kind of moving Are, past. Uh, is everything it, all right? Oh, Corel, every, everything's you... fine. Tazi ordered me to go to sleep. Uh, and I okay. think that's good because we should all or- obey the captain's orders and not oh. you know do anything <laughs> un- untoward to him um when he's not uh, at his best so i will uh i will talk to you when uh, i okay. wake up have a good night is like uh, and the door right. closes S- sleep well corral let us know if you need anything everything's gonna be okay don't worry about it think happy thoughts isla walks into the cockpit and sits in the, the co-pilot seat the navigator seat and looks over at tazi does corral seem a little off to you yeah she's uh i mean she's I've seen her go on little sleep, but she's she's way past the mark I've seen her have before. Uh, so, I mean, I assume she's just really, really tired. She said something about she was glad I was alive. I don't know anything. I don't know what that's about. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm glad I'm alive, too. But uh, 
I'm glad yeah, you're so, alive. Well, I'm, I, I'm glad you're alive. And just then, you're, since you're sitting in the cockpit, you notice there is a large speeder that has landed right next to your ship, and your comm goes off. Uh, Corellitz Fang, this is First Mate Zarla. This is Chancellor's aide, Sim Alu, requesting permission to board the ship. Isla looks over at Tazi and mouths, who is that? And Tazi looks kind of incredulously, I guess, at um, Isla and says, I don't know. Hold on for just a moment while I confer with my colleagues. Mute. Who is this? I have no idea who this person is. It's a chancellor's aide, so I, I, I mean... I mean, like, the chancellor, well, or think, are there th- multiple chancellors? Well, I, I'm, I think the chancellor in this case. Okay. Let's maybe look him up. Oh, oh, oh okay. I if mean, they're a real chancellor's aide, though, they'll, they'll be on the chancellor's hollow page. They'll definitely be in the capital records uh, as working for the chancellor, so, uh, yeah, we can certainly look him up. Isla pulls up the hollow net and... Sure enough, Sim Alu is a aide... To Chancellor Palpatine. Okay. Um, I don't have a good feeling about this, Tazi, well, I, but I, I don't have a good feeling I, about most things. I don't. So. I, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll let him on. The worst he can do is tell us we can't leave, and then we'll just leave anyway, so. Good point. I unmute. All right, we're going to lower our... Gangplank. We're going to lower our gangplank, and you're welcome on. Oh, thank you. And looking out the window, you see a human get out of the speeder. Uh, He's wearing purple robes. Uh, He's got like a red shirt that's underneath. And he's got this kind of poofy dome-shaped purple hat on his head. And he's, you know, roughly six feet tall, 160 pounds. He's not a large, intimidating figure. And walking with uh, Sim, you see a couple of protocol droids that are walking with him. And in their hands, you see a couple of small boxes. And he walks up to Gangplank. Who is there to greet him? Tazi definitely will get up and kind of motion for Isla yeah, to come Isla with him. Isla would as well. Okay. So he walks up to see Tazi and Isla there, and he bows his head. Oh, Captain, thank you for seeing me on such short notice. The Chancellor wishes he could be here himself, but unfortunately he is preoccupied. We understand that you are leaving soon? Yeah, we, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got some business to take care of off-planet. The Chancellor would like to... Thank you for your hard work and your service. I see, though, that we're, you're missing a crew member? No, nobody's, nobody's missing. Uh, we've got somebody that's not feeling well, so they're resting at the moment. Uh, about this time, A1 rolls up. He's kind of sitting, standing next to you. Who's this? Uh, this, is, uh, this is one of the Chancellor's aides, uh, Mr. Alou. Oh, nice to meet you. And Sim just continues looking at Tazi and Isla. The Chancellor is bringing back an old tradition from the Old Republic, and you are being the first ones to be awarded. And he reaches back to the protocol droid, and he has a little box, and he opens it up. In the box, you see a gold medallion attached to a scarlet ribbon, and on the medallion is printed the symbol of the Republic. He hands one to Tazi. This is the medallion of honor. It used to be given to the military of the Old Republic. The Chancellor is trying to bring back such honors. We understand that you are not part of the military, but your service in defending the Republic and bringing the criminal Titus to justice has not gone unseen. And Sim takes the medal out, and he walks towards Tazi, and he's holding it in his hands, and he's 
waiting for Tazi to bend down. Tazi kind of looks at Isla with a quizzical look and then uh, shrugs and bends down to receive a an award. And Sim puts one over Tazi's head and then turns around and grabs another one off from the protocol droid and he walks over towards Isla. Uh, no, uh, I don't really deserve one. That's nice, but I'm I'm okay. I mean, hey, Tazi's the captain. Just, he it, did most Isla, of the work. It's, 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 it's cool. Isla just accept the award for the moment. Okay. So Isla will bend down as well. And he puts one over Isla's head. He then reaches back and picks up a third box. You said that Corel is not feeling well. I'm she's assuming. yeah. She's 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 resting at the moment. Um, you know, if you can leave the box, we'll certainly present it to her. He hands this one over to Tazi. Please give this to Corel and give her the Chancellor's congratulations on her newest achievement. Uh, achievement. Well, what are you talking the about? Medallion of Honor. Not thought the medallion was the thank you from the Chancellor. Why would he thank her separately? It's kind of an achievement. I. I'm, uh, oh, uh, yeah, I can certainly pass on the message. Thank you. Is there uh, anything for, for, for A1? He was also kind of key. In fact, if it wasn't for him, we never would have been able to capture him. It's, it's true. We're probably all still alive because of A1. I was only given three medals. Tazi, at hearing that from the aide, Tazi will remove his medal and place it over A1. As Tazi puts the medal on A1, Sim just kind of... Well, Tazi tries the the necklace won't fit around A1's dome, so he kind of does his best to lay it over the dome. So the metal is clanking next to A1's eye mm-hmm. or his optic sensor. So it's like just sitting here, like kind of banging against the dome because it doesn't fit around him. Sim, we can fix that. Sim looks at Tazi and says, "The Chancellor is aware of your accomplishments and hopes that we can work together in the future." The the crown thing is is always for hire. Thank you for your time. And he bows and turns and walks out and gets back in the speeder and heads off. As he exits the gangplank, Tazi just reaches over and slaps the the close button. All right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Isla delicately, with like two fingers, takes the metal off of her and just kind of looks at it. It might be worth something. Um. All right. I don't have a good feeling about the Chancellor. No, no, he's a political... <laughs> Just take the metal, and then, like I said, it might be worth something. I'm sure it's made of some precious metal. No, oh, that's true. What is the symbol on it? It's the symbol for the, the Republic, uh, for his for the organization, or the, the political organization as a whole. But we're... He's not in charge of a Republic, right? He's the absolute ruler? Well, it's it's he is the the chancellor for the the republic at, at the council. You know, he's it's hard to explain. I'm not really a political guy. I don't really pay that uh, much attention. I'll ask Corell. Yeah, she's she's better with that stuff. You can always look it up on on the Holonet too. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of information there about the chancellor and right. the government. And, right. We just we saw him. Remember? Well, I, yeah. At the opera. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, I don't know that much about him, really. I think I might have had run-ins with political leaders before and still have a bad taste in my mouth. I should probably research that a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of time, so pull everything you want to read now before we hit hyperspace. So do you want to talk about your father? Well, I, we, we should probably get going, right? We should go get the ship in the air. We have plenty of time to talk yeah, about this let's, stuff. Let's go. As he walks back to the cockpit. 
Isla will walk into the kitchen area and stick her metal on the fridge. Because it's obviously made of some kind of magnetic metal that will stick to the fridge. Tazi will return to the cockpit and uh, sit down, strap in, and uh, kind of start prepping the ship for takeoff. A1 actually rolls up to the cockpit and just looks over at Tazi. Uh, thank you for giving me your metal, but uh, why didn't they give me one? I, uh, I don't think it's anything personal, A1. I think they just didn't, you know, you know as well as I do, oftentimes people see droids as tools instead of individuals. So in this case, they did not see you as an individual, so the Chancellor's Office did not provide you with a medal. So you can have mine. I, it means more to me that you have it than, than they gave it to me. A1 just kind of quietly plugs in. Uh, course is plotted. Thank you, sir. So Isla comes back up to the cockpit. A1, you can have my medal if you'd like to. It's okay. Well, I'll get to Isla. Maybe it's worth some money. Right, yeah. Well, it, it is made out of a precious metal. We know you. We know you appreciate. I don't think that they put trackers in it or anything. A one turns this dome and looks at Isla. Why, why would they do that? I don't know to track us. But Carlitz Fang has had some interesting dealings with the Separatists. They're at war with the Separatists. Well, we pretty much just keep killing Separatists. So doesn't that mean they like us? I guess they should. Then why would they need to track us? Um, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> It's just a feeling. It's unlikely, but uh, you know what? A-, A1, why don't you try scanning the metal for any trackers? And A and Tasi tries to wink. Okay. A1 grabs a metal that's hanging off of his dome, and then he picks up the one that's in the box for Corral, turns and looks at Isla. Uh, where, where's yours? I put it on the fridge. Slowly turns his dome and looks at Tazi, and then looks back at Isla. And then if a droid could shrug his shoulders, he would. And then he just kind of rolls out of the cockpit, grabs the one off the fridge, and heads back to the little engineer bay and begins scanning them and looking them over and looking for any kind of tracking device. This, that shouldn't take him too long, but but we can get going. He's already got the course plotted. So uh, you strapped in? Only if you are. All right, then we're ready to go. And uh, Tazi keys up the launch sequence, and then uh, once we are clear of the spaceport and, and clear of uh, the planet, he will engage the hyperdrive. Rashomon, a land where spirits roam and witches rule. Three women are embroiled in a divine plot, and it is up to them to uncover why. Join the adventures of the Broadswords at thebroadswords.com. This episode's Patreon backer is Jacob Cohen. Thanks, Jacob. Appreciate all your support, Jacob. Redemption is played using the Star Wars role-playing game system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. Hey, interact with us on social media. You know you want to. We're at Facebook and Twitter at Redemption Pod. We have an Instagram account, Redemption Podcast, and the website, redemptionpodcast.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcaster of choice. These reviews really help people find the show. And if you like us, please consider donating to our Patreon. Uh, we're never going to charge for the game. We do this because we enjoy it and we tell, enjoy telling a great story. But if you want to kind of donate to help us out, you can find us at patreon.com redemption. 